The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Welcome to the Provoke Media Podcast. I'm Megan Keoghan, host of today's episode and head of content partnerships here at Provoke. As venture capital and fintech slows, could this be the moment green tech rises to the occasion? In today's episode, we'll discuss how the rise of ESG communications is shining a light on the opportunity ahead for green tech. As so many climate and sustainability and or renewable energy focused technology startups attract investor and public funding attention, this wealth of new market entrants makes this space increasingly enticing. It also presents an interesting communications opportunity. For communications and PR professionals, there's so much to learn about what happened with fintech and the challenges that any nascent sector faces with driving brand awareness. How can we take these learnings and apply them to the green tech firms working to tackle the challenges created by climate change and environmental disruption? And what role do the big tech companies play in elevating these new innovations? With us today is Ben Romberg, Client Strategy Director at Hotwire Global to help us answer these questions and many more. Ben, thanks so much for being with us. Great to be here. Thank you very much, Megan, and appreciate that introduction. Um, just, just to give a little bit of background, I think um, you touched on some very interesting areas that um, we've been discussing in great detail at, at Hotwire. And I think probably the most prominent is just about the rise of green tech and the rise of climate and renewable tech, which we see as a really burgeoning area. Um, my responsibility at Hotwire is really focused around um, the development of our ESG uh, capabilities and strategy, but also how specifically we work to develop um, our clients' approach towards environmental, uh, social, and, and governance structures that they can then take to market, they can communicate, and they can start to build and, and set their brands around. Um, and in that area, we see increasingly clean tech, renewable tech, and, and climate tech as being you know, core components of this sort of burgeoning space. Um, and really a, an interesting opportunity area. So great great to talk to you about it today. Thank you. We are excited to sort of lay some groundwork. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly a topic many folks are speaking about today, or it's, it's becoming very much more on people's radar, especially as we look at, you know, uh, investing into new technology and, and the opportunities that that presents this year and next year as the economy is shifting and ESG priorities are shifting. Um, it's very much like we kind of, mentioned before, such an opportunity for PR and comms folks to to really capitalize. Um, just as we sort of start out this conversation, can you uh, provide us with the definition of green tech, kind of lay some groundwork for us so that we're all working off the same, same understanding, and then we'll dive in? Yeah, absolutely. So Green tech is, is, a, is an umbrella term. Um, it really sort of captures um, companies that work with uh, technologies that ultimately are helping to improve the planet um, and address many of the challenges that come about as a consequence of climate change. They tend to be very environmentally focused. Uh, they tend to be sort of focused predominantly in the energy sector, but they also work with um, cutting edge technology that's also looking to address some of the key challenges around renewable technology, um, around solar tech, um, around also biology and plant tech, green tech being you know, a focus on, for example, tree scanning devices, using drones to, to, to sort of look at, you know, the outputs and, and CO2 emissions that are connected with, with forestry. And it, it's, it's also an umbrella term that has a number of different categorizations that sit underneath it. Um, those would include climate tech, clean tech, 
these are all sort of comp component parts that sit underneath green tech as a, as a term as well. But it's becoming this, this catch-all term. And I think increasingly there's lots of different types of uh, technology that sit underneath this, this catch-all phrase. Um, and I think there's, there's still a, a lot of work to be done to understand what those categories are uh, and also what they mean to communications professionals, what they also mean to, uh, to target audiences and to investors uh, as well as journalists. Certainly. And, and that really actually segues into one of the first spaces that, um, that PR and comms and consultancy can really capitalize, which is these burgeoning tech companies that may have some incredible scientific or technology offering that is falls into the category of what bigger companies don't know that they don't know exists out there. And, and as you're speaking about kind of the categories of the umbrella terms of green tech and then the smaller spaces within that. Um, it's just such an interesting place when we talk about where you can play a role as somebody at Hotwire or the next uh, green tech consulting firm to help a company identify how they get found. Yeah, I think it, it's interesting. And it's it's something we, we, we talk about a lot uh, at Hotwire, which is trying to understand how to to create a story that's compelling that's engaging and that expresses and um you know extrapolates the value that an organization is looking to bring to um to its investors to its customers to to, to the most important people it's trying to to speak to um, we we work with a lot of different brands in helping to to understand how best to do this um, specifically working with clients like dell technologies ibm and honeywell um, all of whom uh, are also developing their ESG approach, their ESG strategy. Um, they've created teams, they've created sort of sub-compartments within the organization that help to sort of, you know, invite more discussion and also invite more innovation around how they then bring their climate tech or then mm -hmm. green tech solutions to the fore. And so in doing that, a lot of the sort of recipe for how we can help smaller organizations do that sort of exists. Um, so I think a big component to that is the is the storytelling um, aspect. You know, how do you get the narrative right? How do you tell a story that's compelling enough that um, it's going to be picked up by the press? It's going to be picked up by um, uh, people who, for, for example, are specifically looking to understand what's the opportunity, what does the investment opportunity look like with this organization, as well as um, understanding how it helps the planet mm -hmm. and how it helps to, to, to underpin the, the specific challenge uh, that's being addressed. And I think where we see the opportunity is that some uh, green tech organizations have got have got this right, but others are still trying to get there. And I think there's lots of learnings in the fintech sector that we can be brought to the fore. You know, we've seen some immensely successful fintech companies uh, over the last 10, 15 years that have become household names. And I think uh, there's there's a real opportunity for green tech firms to sort of emulate some of that success. Yeah, that it kind of segued right in, into my next question, which was, it sounds so familiar um, from the fintech story that we are all kind of um, uh, familiar with when we think of like, what have we learned from the past? What do we apply to this next era or this next chapter? Um, and what are some of those technologies? And so when we, um, I'm if you're open to it, I'd, I'd love to go dive a little deeper into what we learned from fintech um, some of those takeaways, you know, we you spoke about the storytelling um, and sort of the building a brand around a personality or or a persona. Um, 
how that translated for fintech and what does that actually look like when we apply it to green tech? How do those lessons and learnings shift when we're, we're talking about a different industry space? Yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting what fintech got right. Um, I think some of the, the, the more compelling fintech brands um, and, and some of the more successful stories were based around um, a, an inspirational technology or an inspirational team that was able to create that technology. And they got very good at creating a very uh, recognizable brand. Um, you know, both in terms of the name, quite catchy names that have become, you know, for example, like Monzo and Revolut that have uh, also got very catchy logos associated with them. Uh, Stripe, you know, they've, they've then been able to take that brand and take that name and that story and very successfully present it to the media, to journalists, but also to investors and do so in a way that it creates this very cohesive success story that builds, builds on itself. Um, I think it's also interesting how they, uh, how fintech positioned itself as disruptive, mm-hmm. and how they saw the the sort of the the antithesis of what they were. You know, the big banks, the big mainstream sort of financial enterprises of the day, and said, "We are not like that. We're different. We're gonna we're gonna change the game. We're going to bring in new technology that's going to completely you know revolutionize this field." Uh, and, and we're going to, um, to to try and steal their lunch as well. And I think that's a very important story for green tech because mm-hmm. a lot of the green tech companies are looking to do the same. You know, they are focused on the fossil fuel industry and understanding what some of the uh, you know some of the big challenges that have come out of that industry, some of the damage that's been done, uh, and, and what what's what's the inverse? You know, how can we be disruptive? How can we change? the way that that industry has operated? How can we learn from it, but also how can we introduce technology that's going to solve the challenges that have originated from there? So being disruptive in the sense that they can disrupt what's happened from a from fossil fuel perspective is, is very interesting. Um, and also a learning, I think, from fintech. But at its heart, I think it's about telling a really good story and making sure that that's compelling enough to be picked up you know, by the media, uh, mm-hmm. by, by, by mainstream press, as well as specific or, or niche uh, publications. And also doing so from a, you know, from a, from a team or from a persona perspective. Right. There might be a, a charismatic founder uh, or someone who previously worked um, in, in a large in- enterprise or large you know, fossil fuel industry firm and decided to then switch and, and, and change, the, change the story and change the approach. I think all of those kind of compelling human stories are also a key part of what I think um, some of the more successful green techs are getting right and what they can from learn from the fintechs. Yeah. And you you kind of brought up the point of, you know, we've spoken a lot already about the smaller companies or these these disruptor companies, which often we think of as as young, young startups or um, small, no-name brands that none of us have heard of. But of course, there are large companies also working in the green tech space. And I'm, I'm interested in hearing your perspective on the role that the large companies also play mm-hmm. uh, in green tech and where um, where they contribute or or create opportunity also. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely um, a big uh, shift in the way that um, a lot of large technology companies are, are operating to now consider their carbon footprint, to consider the, how um, impactful their technology is, um, but also to start initiatives and to start, you know, innovation or sort of skunk work type projects where they're actually able to sort of come up with solutions that, that, that help to, to rectify some of the, the damage or some of the, 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 the problems that are being caused. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, we've we've caught sight of a, a really interesting climate tech initiative called Frontier, um, which was announced earlier this year. It's a it's a collaboration between Stripe, Alphabet, Meta, Shopify, and McKinsey, uh, and it plans to purchase nine hundred and twenty five million dollars worth of permanent carbon removal from companies that are developing technology that that can help to sort of spur this market for carbon capture. Mm-hmm. Um, we've uh, we've also been looking at organizations and, and working with organizations like Autodesk and Autodesk Foundation who are invested in, in climate change uh, innovation um, and large technology firms like IBM that have the IBM.org initiatives uh, and, yeah. and are focused on you know how they can impact or, or move the dial against the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So there's a lot of um, sort of impact happening through industry partnerships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's also a lot of focus for these firms to, to try and change or come up with innovative ways where they can actually build sort of startups within yeah. that, can, that can help to, to, to address these, these challenges. So it's, it's happening on sort of both sides. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because there are lots of great stories in there that aren't necessarily being told or getting the levels of press attention that you'd kind yeah. of hope at this stage. Um, and it's, it's looking at that that, that I think is, is, is really interesting. Yeah. I'm thinking of, and obviously not the intended story, but I'm thinking the story of that many large organizations sitting around a table. Uh, I think the first, the first example you had mentioned, uh, Alphabet, and um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blank on their names, but I, I was, as you were telling that story, I'm Frontier, yeah. yeah, Frontier. I'm picturing six different uh, boardrooms basically convening yeah. to all agree on a, on an initiative right there, which in and of itself feels worthy of a, a story of however that came to be and came to fruition. But they all agreed. <laughs> Hugely, yeah. I, I think that there is a story in that. I think it's yeah. it's a, a lot of it's about finding where those areas of overlap are. I think what, mm-hmm. what a lot of these big uh, organizations have found is that they are focused on uh, similar types of initiatives. Uh, mm-hmm. And then when, they, then when they look at it on paper, they see that there's a common overlap with many of their partners with mm-hmm. many of their customers and many of the organizations they already work with. And if they're to pool resources, if they're to sort of collectively work together uh, yeah. in partnership, they can see a lot more opportunity and a lot more effectiveness and, and right. a lot more impact uh, than trying to go it alone. Uh, and I think the same is true with, you know, smaller green tech companies that are mm-hmm. often have created a technology solution or created um, a, a, an approach that's really effective and and actually does something very capable and very smart, but their scale and their reach is going to be limited because, you know, they're, they're working out of a, you know, a a warehouse or a small or or a university funded uh, program. And that's not, not big enough in order to be able to make an impact. So how do they connect Mm -hmm. with, how do they get investment or how do they connect with a firm that gives them that scale and that reach make a broader impact? Um, and, and how do we help them to tell that story to, to get them there? Yeah, which in no way was really our, it's such a, a natural segue, but in, in no way was our, our planned uh, course of, of conversation to go, but it does lend itself to exactly like the role a company like Hotwire can play, which is helping craft that story, consulting on on the the messaging opportunities and the persona opportunities or the partnership types of uh, collaborations and how to message those those um, larger scale things one to be found by a bigger company or two to also rally the sources of other other companies and I know that that's one piece of the puzzle that you are working on um, at Hotwire but um, 
I'll let you speak. Sorry. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. I think that that's that's definitely something we we um, we focus on, which is you know thinking about the types of personas, the audiences, uh, thinking about specifically how do we reach the you know the the most important people that that this organization needs to connect with. How do we seed the story in a way that it will get noticed, but also how does it resonate and connect uh, and, and spur on the right types of conversations yeah. with those right audience types? And, and, and I think understanding that is, is, is part of the equation, but also I think it's, it's understanding what those audience challenges are mm-hmm. and specifically how um, do, do their products, how do their services, how do their, you know, their approaches specifically yeah. you know, uh, meet those challenges and, and help them to overcome. I think that that's that equation's got to be understood first mm-hmm. in order to be able to make sure that the message resonates. And yeah, I think you know increasingly, and you know you, you you hear this from from the likes of Gartner and Forrester, but you know increasingly the importance of getting that value proposition uh, to be understood and for that to resonate uh, with the target audience. I think that's that's first and foremost for for a lot of green tech firms. So if you've got your your if you can articulate your value, you can yeah. articulate that in a way that is is correctly understood by the people that you're trying to reach. Then you know that's that's half the puzzle. Um, yeah. The next question is how to get it out there and how to make sure it resonates. And I think you know the branding component uh, for for a lot of green tech firms is is very important. Uh, making sure it's a, a brand, it's an it's a identity that will resonate, uh, and that is a, a, a big component of the work that we do at Hotwire. But also understanding, you know, what 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 underpins that, you know, what gives you the right to be able to talk about, um, you know, your solution, your products in in this arena, and how do you separate from perhaps other organisations that are looking to do the same thing? So understanding where your positioning is and understanding how it competes with other organisations that are perhaps trying to do the same thing, I think is a, is a part of it. And you know, we 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 spoke earlier about how climate tech and how you know there's there's all these different sub sort of verticals yeah. underneath the green tech umbrella and you know that that adds a layer of complexity as well i think there are going to be investors there are going to be firms that are looking at all of those different sub compartments if you like and thinking you know this is this is the area that that i need to focus on or you know i'm just looking for a renewable tech solution within the energy field and it, it might you know it might be that you don't get discovered unless you've got that categorization you've got that branding right mm-hmm. and you're playing in the right space so helping to identify that position and helping to place these organizations in the right area. I think that's that's crucial here. It's such a key place that um, a firm like Hotwire or PR professionals and comms professionals in general can play right now, which is thinking like a journalist, which is telling the same story from so many different angles or so, through so many different lenses because the audiences are vast, whether it's the different types of uh, companies that could utilize the services of one of these smaller green tech companies or whether it's messaging to the media and then identifying what audience within the media that you're speaking to, um, to investor groups, um, that it's, it's finding the core story and being able to use so many different perspectives to convey that story and, and, um, create some consistency or the red thread across all of them, which is really, um, so critical in the in the growth of a company like a green tech company yeah 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, uh, I, I used to work as a journalist. Uh, you know, I was at the BBC for some years. And, and before that, I was also working as a financial journalist. And I know that some stories are absolutely more compelling than others, particularly when they come in the form of a, of a press release or a press pack where you're trying to understand what an organization is trying to say either to its investors or to a wider sort of audience, or whether it's specifically to a journalist that's very specialized in this field. And I think this is an increasingly specialized field. And I think there are some phenomenal uh, environmental journalists out there. There are ph phenomenal journalists that are focused on this sector in particular. Uh, and they're able to understand when there's an organization that's trying to greenwash, when there's an organization yeah. that's trying to, to get its, its name out there just for the sake of it, uh, as much as trying to understand the substance of a story and what's really valuable. And I think that um, sharing that value and being able to be clear about the real impact that an organization is making uh, is, is really crucial. So telling that story in the right way um, and, and making sure that, that that impact is conveyed is, is key. And as you say, making sure that red thread runs through from you know, the experience that uh, an investor might have uh, by you know, exploring uh, an organization's credentials or looking at a website all the way through to picking up an article in the press uh, or even uh, being exposed to some marketing collateral or the brand, you know, that all has to have a very consistent line um, and making sure that it tells one consistent story as well. Um, again, that sort of that consistency elements, you know, making sure that, that that one message resonates is is part of what we focus on at Hotwire. But I think it's also, you know, a, a really important learning that, um, you know, a lot of PR professionals can take from the fintech sector. You know, they have been great at telling that one cohesive story they have been really good at selling that one, you know, brand identifier that sort of resonates uh, and, and makes such a, a clear impact um, across a, a very broad industry. I love that kind of sentiment to, to summarize where we where we've been here a bit. And um, thoughts on you know anything that we haven't touched on? I know this was very much sort of like this this one hundred and one overview crash course in green tech and. Um, the opportunity that therein lies for comms professionals, but um, got me kind of converted. Like I'll, I'll be signing up to work at Hotwire next. <laughs> what what have we um, what have we overlooked here in in the um, kind of this primer conversation? Yeah, I think I, I think it it does go it does go further into that sort of measuring impact piece. So being able to to clearly um, articulate what the real world impact uh, of an organization yeah. or of a specific green tech firm is, and how that can uh, sit very very carefully along alongside a growth story. Um, I think all the uh, or at least uh, most I'd say green tech organizations are looking to try and scale and and implement their solutions on a on a, on, a, on, a, on a much wider basis mm -hmm. and so in that there is value creation in that there is revenue growth but it's also tying it back to what's the real world impact you know how is it helping mm -hmm. to solve a, and, and mitigate a lot of the challenges being brought about by climate change how is it helping to reduce the carbon emissions of a particular sector um, or, or a particular entity or what is what is being done that can can sort of really you know be talked about um, firsthand by you know env environmental journalists who are going to be looking and scrutinizing this uh, you know these organizations very closely, and I think if you can articulate that impact, if you can show that impact story, 
in a way that that resonates in a way that is not you know trying to 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 you know not using smoke and mirrors but actually is very carefully crafted and has data to back it up i think that's uh you know that, that's that's a cool part of this as well yeah so just i mean in, in in terms of advice more than anything i think what we've found is that just being very wary that you have to have that data you have to have that real world impact first mm-hmm. and front of, of the story before you can then get into talking about you know what the revenue growth or what the goals or the value creation looks like because that's really secondary here mm-hmm. uh, what's most important is you know how we can how we can help to move the dial absolutely um at the risk of of opening a new conversation right when we were wrapping up um you kind of brought up the the metrics conversation which has been a part of nearly every podcast that we've done here every article we've done at, at provoke it's it's just really the the common piece or question that we're all talking about. Um, in terms of how these metrics look when you measure your own impact at a, at a place like Hotwire, um, do those metrics shift when you're working with a green tech company? Are there different things that you're looking at specifically through the lens of a green tech company versus other tech companies when you're, when you're looking at your impact in the, in that measurement story? Um, from the, from the agency perspective, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, and, and it goes back to that that real world impact. Um, I think that um, when you're measuring, um, you know, for example, the we, we, we have a framework which we refer to as the, the three R's of reputation, relationship and, and, and revenue goals that a lot of firms uh, focus on. These tend to make up the, the broad sort of communications and marketing objectives of most major technology companies. They're either looking to improve or, or shift their reputation uh, positively, build or strengthen relationships uh, that they want to they want to have with with their most important people or customers, and then ultimately grow uh, uh, their revenue. And I think on across those three R's, I think you've got to think very carefully in the green tech sector that the reputational piece will be directly linked to the impact um, that that this organization is having in the real world, what it's doing to to move the dial. Uh, vis-a-vis climate change and what it's doing to to make a positive uh, net positive impact. Um, the same will be true with relationships. It might not just be you know the the media or the investor component. It might also be the the relationships they have with the scientific community or with educational uh, organizations or with government uh, and policymakers. And so there's a different component there. And the revenue piece uh, is again different when it comes to nonprofit. Um, you know, when it's an organisation that's looking to secure a funding round, but do so in a way to scale up or sustainably grow the organisation mm-hmm. so it can have a bigger real-world impact, not just to, to to generate profits for for shareholders or investors. Um, and I think that's another component to it that that changes the way we would measure in this space. Goes. Uh, more, more closely aligned to, to the, the types of ESG initiatives you see in, in large organizations. You know, there isn't necessarily always a big revenue or profit-driven goal yeah. uh, aligned to what, what ESG is, is trying to do. It's actually more around how can we, you know, improve or how can we, you know, have a real-world impact on, on, on what we're doing vis-a-vis climate change um, or how can we introduce goals or benchmarks uh, that are going to help to improve uh, you know the, the the working conditions for an organization around its circular economy or its uh, plastic reduction drive um, you know there's there's lots of different elements that, that can sort of scale out from there um, all of those can be measured you know those are all data points as well and I think it's 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 very interesting to see that also form part of a 
a campaign dynamic or form part of what uh, a communications or marketing approach yeah. can, can deliver on to. I see many, many additional podcast conversations here that we can uh, grow off of this this original one and, and could, could keep going for a long time, but I will also spare you and um, let you get back to your day as well, Ben. But um, this has been a, a fantastic conversation and um, really enjoy your expertise, sharing, educating all of us uh, on the green tech opportunities out there for comms professionals. Um, this has been the Provoke Media Podcast. Ben, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Megan. Appreciate it. Um, and this has been the Provoke Media Podcast with Hotwire Global. And we thank you for listening today. You've been listening to the Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.